Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speaker. If you're watching on TV, you can tell that I am not Chris Canty nor Chris Carlin. I'm Michael Rothstein alongside Aaron Goldhaber. We're filling in for the guys today. You want to join our conversation about anything, give us a call at 1-888-SAY-ESPN or 1-888-729-3776. Aaron, it's so great to be back with you again. Yes, good to be with you. In honor of uh, Brett Maher missing the four extra points last night, I am declaring I will make four catastrophic mistakes at some point during today's show. And just okay. like Brett Maher, none of them are going to get me fired. So, well, I'm, I'm glad that I have that forewarning so that way I can hope to cover up those four mistakes, much like Dallas's offense did and defense did throughout the game, and kind of just, you know, kind of help and nudge you along. And then hopefully, like Brett Maher did at the end, sure. you, will, you, will, you will get one through the uprights and it will be a great show. And so, we can so, hopefully that will happen. I'm interested in this because I, I think, you know, whenever the Cowboys win a playoff game, you'd think that they would be the biggest story. They're America's team. They don't win playoff games that often. <laughs> but somehow I'm looking at what's called the rundown, which is yes. what our producers and we all work on. We put together to start the show, you know, what what topics we're going to get to. And at the top of the rundown is talking Not, about yeah. it, it's talking about Tom Brady's future. Like, I would be more excited about talking about the Cowboys. I'd actually Brady now is entering a very unique place in my sports lexicon, which it's like the Jordan LeBron debate. Whenever I see it, I just I'm just sick of it. You know, I've spent my whole adult life talking about Tom Brady. Dude, give it up. Go to Fox. Go away. You played terrible last night. Your offense could hardly score a point. You looked a million years old. You know, I, I don't you know, what's Tom Brady going to do? Where is he going to go <laughs> right now? I got I think I speak on behalf of many NFL fans when I say I don't care what Tom Brady's plans are. Uh, here, here's the thing, though, Aaron. I think you just made mistake number one in the show, because I think a lot of people care about what Tom Brady's going to do. Not only Tom Brady and those who are fans of Tom Brady, but also fans of a lot of other teams. Because maybe Tom Brady continues to play. That's going to be one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to watch over the next couple of months. And this is Tom Brady last night addressing his potential future of the will he, won't he, maybe he will, who, who the heck knows. I'm not, you know, I've, this has been a lot of focus on, you know, this game. So, yeah, let's just be one day at a time, truly. Honestly, Aaron, he sounded like me when I have to answer a question that I don't want to answer because he even dropped an, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like that's honestly, that Ugh. is my go-to. You ask anyone who knows me, and when I'm like, um, I don't really want to answer this question, like, uh, yeah, uh, well, maybe, uh, uh, sure. Uh, I, yeah. I know, Aaron, I can see your face through the Zoom. You're not, you're not happy about this at all. So, okay, let's, let's start here then. Yeah. What, what do you actually think? Not, not what you want him to do. What do you think he will do? I think he's addicted to football and he's going to keep playing. 
And I, I kind of think that's pathetic. Um, <laughs> because at this point, he's accomplished everything that he could possibly accomplish as a football player. He has a giant deal waiting for him to be the number one analyst on Fox, which let's have a separate conversation about that later because I think he's yeah. going to be bad at TV, but I, I can't deny that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay. So I understand why he's that valuable to them and why people might tune into a game to watch him and all that. But you have to, in life, be able to adjust and know when it's time to move on. And to me, I don't know what he has left to prove. And also, I'm really beginning to see diminished skills from him for the first time. And I know people made excuses all year and... Uh, you know, and Byron Leftwich might lose his job, and Todd Bowles was a new coach, and maybe if Arians was still there, I, I think Tom Brady started looking forty-five years old, um, and I don't want him to be, you know, Patrick Ewing with the Seattle SuperSonics or Akeem Olajuwon <laughs> with the Toronto Raptors or Willie Mays with the Mets. Like that's pathetic. That's that Jordan with the Wizards. Like that nobody <laughs> enjoys that. That's good for absolutely no one. No, without that, that voice you hear is Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein. and we're here on Canty and Carlin filling in for the guys today. And the one of the things that you just mentioned is hanging on too long. And I, I'm with you. I I don't want to see Tom Brady return next season, but I think if it's the right situation, Vegas. Uh, that he will return next season because I think he will only go at this point to a place that either a he is the last piece, or B, he is intimately comfortable with that situation. The latter part of that would be a place like the Raiders. The first part would be a place like Miami, a place like San Francisco, where everything's set up and they just need that quarterback. Yeah. All of that said, I covered a guy in Atlanta this year named Dean Pease. He's their defensive coordinator. He had retired twice already. He was the yeah. oldest defensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah. He retired again last Monday. And why do I bring this up? Beyond the fact that actually the Falcons beat Tom Brady technically in their last regular season game, first time that the Falcons beat Tom Brady in his career, but this. As part of his retirement, he said, I don't want to be the guy that becomes a detriment. I don't want to be a guy that hangs on too long because I've seen too many great players in the league do that, and that's how they're remembered versus their greatness. And oh. when, I, when I keep thinking about Tom Brady, I yeah. go back to that quote as a guy, Aaron, who he worked with Tom Brady in New England. Yeah. So I'm thinking of that, and I'm like, I hope someone gives Tom that message right. because I don't know if he can get there on his own because if right. I, think, I think if he could have, he would yeah. have retired after they won the Super Bowl. It, Michael, my hope for my own career is that I'm able to get out a year too early and not a year too late. Most of us don't get to retire on our own terms. You know, the the company that we're with says, hey, you know, maybe it's time for you to uh, <laughs> they give you a fruit basket. It's very that's, nice. That's right. Here's a here's a cheap watch and enjoy your retirement. Um, but I, I actually hope that my career in broadcasting ends differently than that. I would like to go out on my terms to pursue my hobbies and. It just seems like Tom now with his family situation, and I mean, I don't know the guy's personal life, and I've never met his wife and his kids, and I've talked to him like two times in my entire life, so what the hell do I know? I'm just sitting here speculating on ESPN Radio, but it seems to me like he's decided to make football more important than all of that other stuff, regardless of what happens, and so I'm sort of looking at the situation and seeing why Tom Brady is great is how obsessed he is with football and why Tom Brady can't let go, even though it's obviously time to let go 
is because he's obsessed with football. What makes him great is also his downfall, which I think well, is the is the case with most of, most of us, right? Yeah, except for, I, I don't know if it's – I mean, I think, yes, partially it's obsessed with football, right? But it could be obsessed with other things. It could be obsessed with team. It could be the fact that he doesn't know what else he's going to do. It could be and – there, and there's a fear there because, listen, I'm 42 years old. Tom Brady's 45. I can tell you at 42, there are different concerns than what you had at when most NFL players retire, which is in their late 20s to early 30s, guys who have had sustainable careers. And uh-huh. you're just thinking about different things. You're starting to think about legacy. You're starting to think about uh, what what's my life going to be in the next chapter of that. And Tom Brady has only known one thing. Yeah. So he might be – it might partially be fear of not knowing exactly what – is next and we're going to get into this a little bit more in a couple of minutes candy and carlin is presented by progressive insurance save when you bundle motorcycle rv and boat insurance visit progressive.com and like i said we're going to get into it in a couple minutes and a couple minutes was a couple of seconds because we're going to welcome in espn nfl insider dan graziano graz thanks for taking a couple minutes today my man how you guys doing i'm heading back from uh Seaport Studio to my car here to head back from uh, from the day of TV in New York. So, well, that's chat. that's great, and I hope that you uh, miss the awesome New York City rush hour traffic. I hope you're able to get out of that beforehand. Well, but bef- <laughs> we, we can always hope. Yeah, I listen. I, hope I, is a wonderful thing. It's it's also not a strategy, but we when, when we're talking about hope, uh, let's let's transition to Tom Brady here, right? Like that that I think is one of the biggest questions of today. What is your sense? if any, of what Tom Brady might do and what he should do? I mean, I think that – I'm not sure he knows, first of all. But I think that, that, that to talk to people around the league, there's a sense that, you know, the likely outcome is he keeps playing but for somebody else, right? That he structured his contract with Tampa in such a way that he can get out of there. And um, – sorry, I was trying not to get hit by a bus. Uh, they can get out of there. They can't franchise him, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, he probably thinks his time there is up. It doesn't look like he trusts his protection or what was going on around him last night. So maybe look for a better situation where he can continue his career and maybe have uh, another year or two of um, the high-level success he's become accustomed to. Graz, give us the team, if it's not Tampa, that you think Brady's most likely to play for. Well, I think Vegas makes the most sense because of the Josh and Daniels connection. But – you know, like I said, like, what do they got on the offensive line? Do they need to sell him on their ability to improve there? You know, do they have to do they have any kind of defense? The Raiders haven't played good defense in a long time. So I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then the other one is a lot of, it's a what if, but like what if Tua Tungavailoa has, you know, continued health issues that keep him off the field. Maybe Tom revisits the whole Miami thing that, uh, that he was dabbling with a little bit the last couple of years. So those are the two that stand out for me. We're talking to ESPN's NFL insider Dan Graziano here on Canty and Carlin. And Graz, I want to move to another quarterback that has decisions to make this offseason, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's had at least a week to think about it now. When do you anticipate he might make a decision, too? Because it feels like not that these two were tied together, but these are going to be the two biggest conversations probably for a while. I don't think it's going to take as long as it took last year with Rodgers because the contract's in place, right? Last year they had to figure out what the contract was going to look like if he came back. This year they know. 
So it's really just a matter of him telling them yes or no. I think he steps away, like he said, for a couple of weeks. And maybe by, I don't know, around the Super Bowl, right before, shortly after the Super Bowl, I think we probably know something more on, uh, on Aaron Rodgers and whether he wants to come back and make $60 million next year <laughs> to play for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I have a feeling. (laughs) I have a feeling that money might factor into that decision. Uh, Graz, what was the most surprising thing for you from Wild Card Weekend? What was the most surprising thing? Hmm. I I thought Tampa would put up a fight. Um, I don't know, man. Like I was five and zero on game picks going into last night. So, and then I I had the Bucks. So I guess that's probably it. I, I thought they'd put up a fight. I didn't think they'd they'd go down like that, but. I think it just turns out they were a, they were a lousy team this year. We're talking to ESPN's NFL insider Dan Graziano here on Canny and Carlin. And, and Graz, I, I feel like I'm just asking you about quarterbacks here, but I'm going to kind of keep That's going fine. down that road. Lamar Jackson, there's been a lot of conversation, scuttlebutt, rumors, the whole the whole convers- the whole deal with him. When do you think that? something might start to get ironed out here. I know you wrote about it a little bit on your column on ESPN.com in the last couple of days. You're talking, I'm sorry, you cut out for one second. You're talking yes. about Lamar Jackson? Yeah we're, talking, yeah, we're talking about Lamar and kind of when you think maybe some clarity might come of, of the entirety of the situation at this point. I think uh, they're gonna, it's a little bit like the Rodgers situation timing-wise, right? You need a couple of weeks to shake off what happened and the way it ended, and then you kind of figure out what the appetite is like for getting back to the negotiating table and, and uh, whether you've got a chance to make progress over where you were last year. So probably at some point in the next, in the next I don't know, three or four weeks. Graz, do you think there's a chance he gets traded? Uh, yes, I do. I think there's a chance that this ends up with him being franchised and maybe demanding a trade. I think it could get there. I don't think it's there yet. I think that relationship can be saved. But I do think there's a chance that if, if they can't come to agreement on the contract and they decide to franchise him because they don't want to lose him or they don't want to end up getting nothing for him, that uh, he could it could be almost like a Devontae Adams situation from last year with the Packers. That's one Gross. potential outcome, yes. Yeah. Gross, I want to stay in the AFC because I, I think a lot of people, after we saw what happened on Saturday night, thought Brandon Staley might be out of a job, frankly. Instead, they let go of the, the OC. Uh, I guess – are you surprised that Brandon Staley is still employed in some fashion? And what might this mean for the forward? I am surprised. I, I thought that uh, given the Mike Williams situation, given the collapse against the Jaguars, that, uh, that they might make a move on Brandon Staley. I was not the only one who thought that. I think a lot of people around the league are surprised today. Uh, what it means, look, they're going to have people lining up out the door to coach Justin Herbert, right? I mean, like, that's not – that's going to be a very popular job for applicants. So um, somebody comes in there and doesn't succeed, uh, yeah, Brandon's probably going to be the next guy to go, right? You, you, you fire your coordinator and then things don't go well, then it ends up being on you the next time. So that's probably what it means for him and them going forward. Graz, where do you think Sean Payton is coaching next year? I'm starting to think I'm starting to think he might wait, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think Denver's going to put the full-court press on. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he feels about Russell Wilson right now after the year that Russell just had. So, the Charger job I know was potentially appealing if it came open because of Herbert. It looks like it's not going to come open. Uh, you know, the Cowboys thing, I think people like to put him 
there was speculation, but I don't think that was ever really realistic. So I think if he does not, if Denver does not successfully close the deal, I think there's a pretty good chance that, uh, that he waits and sees what's open next year. This is ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us on Kenny and Carlin. And one more thing I want to ask you on that before we get you out of here, Graz. With Sean Payton, I mean, is there is part of this too the fact that obviously a team that were to get him this year would have to give up compensation? Where does that factor in you think at all? Because then next year he could potentially go somewhere and not have to do compensation. Yes, because if he's looking for, you know, high end money, like, you know, people have said maybe he wants to reset the compensation scale for coaches. Um, a team is going to have to give something to the Saints, something of significance, and then something of significance. I think if you know you get to a point where the compensation is less that the, in terms of what the Saints require, that makes it more appealing for some of these teams to, to go after Sean and pay him what he wants in terms of income. So, yeah, I do think it would be a little bit easier next year. Graz, thank you as always for taking a few minutes with us. And by the way, I hope you have a safe and traffic-free drive tonight. Well, I'll be safe. I can promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Thanks, bud. That was Dan Graziano, ESPN's NFL insider, joining us here on Canty and Carling. Coming up next, Dallas did win last night, but what does it really mean? Aaron Goldhammer and I are going to explain. This is Canty and Carling on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. As you heard, the Dallas Cowboys, well, honestly, they throttled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. 31-14 in the last game of Super Wild Card Weekend as we now head to the divisional round of the playoffs. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, wherever you're listening on your smart speaker as well. And you can also watch us too on a simulcast alongside Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein filling in for Canty and Carlin today. And, and Aaron, as we heard obviously there in the yeah. break, it was all it was all Dallas. Dak Prescott by that 25 of 33, 305 yards, four touchdowns Whew. last night. I mean, that's the best game 
first of all, that's like the first no interception game that Dak Prescott has played in a long time. But I think right. that's the best like total game that we've seen Dak Prescott He's ever play. played. I I agree. Uh, ever? Oh, that's a that's a big statement. Ever is a long I mean, time. Yeah, I mean, ever is a long time. But when you consider the the situation, the circumstances. I mean, people thought he was playing for his coach's job. Here was my big takeaway from the way the Cowboys played last night. They went 12-5 and five this year, and the Bucks went 8-9. and nine. And when I watched that game, it looked like the Cowboys were a 12-win team and the Bucks were an 8-win team, and that's exactly what they are. The Cowboys, to me, should have higher standards with this current group, right, than just winning one schluch playoff game against a team that was under 500 okay now you want to make a statement okay you go to san francisco and win you go back to the nfc championship game for the first time in a generation you want to make a statement that's what you do that would be a statement beating tampa bay who you were four games better than they only play 17 games on the nfl schedule to me that's not making a statement that's doing what you were supposed to do no, I, I agree with you there. Excellent use of Yiddish, by the way. Well done there in the middle with the Yiddish. Like, excellent. I don't know if that was Yiddish or that was I don't know, I don't know how you pro- spell Yiddish. But- I don't know, but we both know it's Yiddish. We do. I... Uh, I agree with you, and I think that there's somebody else, at least when it comes to Dak Prescott and how he played, that agrees with you too, and that is Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner. He stepped out there and showed a lot of preparation, uh, and then he... By being prepared, you, we got to see what a competitor of what he can do in, uh, in a situation that everything is on the line. And uh, there's, in my mind, it's the best game I've ever seen him play. Well, see, Jerry agrees with you there, Aaron. But yeah. the, thing, the thing with Jerry is this, like, and I've always believed this with the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the reason that there's so much pressure on the Cowboys at all times is because of that man right there, because he talks all the time. He's the only owner in the NFL that talks every week, that has his own press conference after every game. So that inevitably, beyond the fact that the Cowboys are one of the most popular teams in the league, that I think adds to it as well, because you're always getting the thoughts and opinions of the guy who's signing the paychecks and making the personnel decisions. But I'll come to you with this, Aaron, and I think you kind of hit on it already. Uh-huh. Like because Tampa was eight and nine, because yeah. Tom Brady looked like a shell of Tom Brady. Right. right. Can does this really is this really a statement win for Dallas, or is this kind of a okay, sure? Yes, you were technically the road team, but you were also way better than these guys. I mean, they were expected to win, so I don't think that they made a statement. You know what? I I guess, to me, the most impressive part of the Cowboys last night wasn't even Dak Prescott. Um, The way their defense played, I think, is going to dictate whether the Cowboys can win now going forward. We get in this mode sometimes, Mike, of... You know, the only thing we talk about is quarterbacks and coaches. Whichever team has the best coach and quarterback is the one who's going to go and win the Super Bowl. But I think now Dallas is going to have to lean on their defense. They're back healthier than they've been. I thought Leighton Vander Esch played a great game at linebacker last night. Uh, they didn't let the Buccaneers run the ball at all, which they were a historically bad rushing team during the course of the year. And they made Tom Brady look like he's ready for the glue factory. So <laughs> wow. beyond, beyond like <laughs> the, the Prescott numbers and, and, and that storyline, uh, to me, I think the Cowboys are going to go as far as their defense takes them. 
Um, so while I expected them to win that game, I thought the side of the ball that sort of said, hey, we're still here is the Cowboy defense from October, which showed up last night because they haven't been that good, you know, going all the way back to like Halloween or so. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. That voice you heard is Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. And, and Aaron, you're not wrong with their defense because here's the other part of that. Like you talked about Tom Brady, them making him look ready for retirement. I'm not ready to send him to the glue factory. Like, like he can go to Fox. Like, let, let, him, let him have that second career. Twelve passes defended. Twelve. I don't know the last time Tom Brady, and maybe our, our wonderful stats crew can get this by the end of the show or the end of the segment, 12 passes defended. I don't know the last time that a team has had 12 passes defended in a game against Tom Brady. That feels like an extraordinarily high number against a quarterback like Brady that gets the ball out so quick and oftentimes will hit short passes. He was sacked twice. I mean, like they, their defense was dominant. I mean, and it, it, Micah Parsons looks every bit. Yes. The player that I think yeah. that we know he, he, he is. was in it that, felt like almost yeah. every play like the, they did like we spend so much time talking about Dak Micah Parsons is going to have a bigger say in whether the Cowboys can win this game this weekend against a quarterback who remember is a seventh round rookie and the, the Niners haven't faced a defense like this mm. um, so I mean, I don't think during the course of the regular season, like look back since Purdy took over, the teams they've played, it it has hardly been a murderer's row of NFC contenders. This is the best team that Brock Purdy's ever played. It's the best defense he'll play. Um, And I don't know that you're going to get that performance from Dak Prescott again. I don't think you can count on him to be Patrick Mahomes. We know he's kind of inconsistent. So just careful with like, Writing the narrative wave all the way from one side of the spectrum to the other. Sure, he no, played but- his. He played his, but that doesn't mean he's going to play that way against San Francisco. I would be stunned if he played an interception, mistake-free game when they go to San Francisco next weekend. Exactly. No, there, there is no doubt about that, and that's part of this too, right? Because. When you're looking at Dak Prescott, like you said, interception free. He had thrown an interception, like, I think it was the last seven games before that. And this San Francisco defense, you're talking about Brock Purdy playing the best defense that he has faced all year. Guess who's also going to be playing the best defense that he's faced all year? That would be Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Because San Francisco's defense is elite at every level, and they can get after you, and they can force mistakes way better than the Tampa defense that, on paper, at the beginning of the year was great, but... Injuries, age, life, all took its toll. We're going to head out to the Dr. Pepper call online. Chip in New Hampshire wants to talk about the Cowboys. Chip, What's welcome up, Chip? to the show, man. How we doing, guys? Uh, thanks so much for taking the call. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not even a Cowboys fan. I'm honestly uh, upset they won yesterday. Kind of sucks. But that being said, um, I, I, th- I keep hearing about their defense, and their defense has been great all season. Um, I think one of the things about their their win yesterday that was so um, really, really a great job on their part, um, the lack of penalties and the more commitment they actually had to just playing good football, um, especially Tyler Smith, their first-round draft pick. I mean, he's had penalty trouble all season, and the fact that they maybe only had two penalties, I think, the whole game was, you know, Good on them. Of course, I'll be cheering for Sanford next week, but I feel like that, uh, you know, because of the lack of penalties, 
they had a fluidity. There wasn't as much of, you know, a stop and go type of thing of the penalties kind of ruining their um, fluidity throughout the game, and they were able to kind of keep going. You know, I I think the Cowboys have known, Michael, for a long time that they were going to be the five seed. They weren't catching the Eagles. And they, the door kind of opened on that first second when Jalen Hurts got hurt. But once they knew Hurts was going to be back for week, week 18, forget about it. They weren't going to. So then they played, I don't know, what was it? Three quarters of the season, probably assuming that they were going to end up being the five seed in the NFC. So I think that there was a little bit of a slip in focus once Dak came back. Uh, and I think you heard Jerry in that soundbite allude to that. And they were more locked in for that game yesterday because they knew they lose that game. They are going to be ridiculed by everybody, first and foremost, starting with Stephen A. Smith. But to me now, their season really (laughs) begins this weekend. You know, I mean, if they lose to San Fran, I can't say the Cowboys had a great year if they win one playoff game and get to the divisional round. Like this was a team that was built to at least make the conference championship game. No, you're you are accurate there. They were built like that, but we'll see if they get there. I'm not totally sold that that will happen. By the way, to Chip's point, the Cowboys did only have two penalties for 15 yards. The Bucks had three for 34. So overall, a fairly clean game from both teams. I'll tell you what, a team that has not played all that clean this year, and they're also heading home kind of surprisingly after what we saw Saturday night. That's the Chargers. They've made a decision, maybe not the one you think. We'll explain what it is and what all it means next. This is Kenny and Carla on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I, I still, 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 still. It's been what? Three days, four days. I can't, can't even believe count it. with math. I'm still right with you. cannot get over what we saw on <laughs> Saturday night. This, the, I almost called them San Diego. That's where maybe they should have not left. The Los Angeles Chargers blow a 27-point lead Jeez. in the playoffs, lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars on a last-second field goal. This is Kenny and Carlin on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio. Also on your smart speaker, and you can watch at least me on the simulcast as well. And you can see a photo of my partner here, Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're filling in for the guys today. Kenny and Carla, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Aaron, yeah. like we were talking about. Yeah. Man, I, that, that, Chargers, that Chargers game, I still can't get over it. And then today there was fallout. A lot of people thought it might be Brandon Staley who would have lost his job, but it was not. Instead, they move on from their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and their quarterback's coach, Shane Day. Like, I, 
I mean, do you feel like this was the right move for the Chargers to move on from coordinator and quarterback coach versus maybe a larger change or a different type of change? Chargers are never going to win anything until they get rid of Brandon Staley. They have had two catastrophic end-of-season losses in back-to-back seasons. They've failed to achieve even their most modest goals in back-to-back years. This isn't a team that, you know, oh, great story just to get to the playoffs. You know, their quarterback is now moving into his prime, and no one wants to blame him. You know, no one wants to say that it's Justin Herbert's fault. Um, And Staley does crazy things. You know, he wouldn't take a tie to get him to the playoffs last year, which didn't make (laughs) any sense to me. And then his management of the game in the second half was a fireable offense. It was a fireable offense. It was that bad. Um, You know, a a drunk kid playing Madden in college (laughs) could manage the clock better than Brandon Staley did (laughs) on Saturday night. So to me, like, you only pin that on the offensive coordinator if that's the cheap way to make a move. And I I think that's what's going on here. I I don't think they want to pay multiple coaches. I don't think they want to pay Sean Payton for sure. Uh, they don't have, you know, I mean, could you imagine if this was the Bears or, the you know, a team, the Giants, the Cowboys, a team with a real bona fide, the Browns, the Steelers, with a real actual fan base that blew that game on Saturday <laughs> night? Oh, my. The coach wouldn't have made it home from Jacksonville if yeah. it was a, t- a team that actually puts fan pressure on their organization. No, I get that. I, I don't necessarily buy that this wasn't coming, though, because, listen, I covered Joe Lombardi when he was the offensive coordinator in Detroit. And you want to know what happened in Detroit with Matthew Stafford when Joe Lombardi was the offensive coordinator? Nothing, because it didn't work. Okay, so I was actually surprised that Joe Lombardi got a second shot to be an offensive coordinator again with a young, high powered, strong armed quarterback. And what happened again? It did not work. The Chargers were ninth in yards this year. They were 13th in points. They were third in passing. But here's the thing. They were 30th in rushing. And that's the same thing that happened when he was in Detroit, is that they were really good with passing and they did not have a complimentary running game to take pressure off of their quarterback. So I get it. I understand why you're making this move. Also, it's the axiom of the NFL. You're the head coach. Well, what do you need to do? You need to go blame somebody. You need to go blame a coordinator. And generally, you get to fire one of each. And then at, then it comes for you if it doesn't no, work. He, so this, Brandon for me, Staley feels doesn't like want to blame the defense because he right. knows that's him. So Exactly. So what do you have to do? You, you move on from the offensive coordinator. So I agree. Some of it is... That like you have to do something, I, I but just some of it is deserved, Darren. Just uh, some uh, of it uh, really uh, is. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree necessarily. I mean, if Staley had gotten fired, Joe Lombardi would have gotten fired too. And I, yes, you know, I hate to play the nepotism card, but when you see the guy's results and you know that it's Vince Lombardi's grandson, like I, I have to guess that somehow he's getting these jobs because of his last name and not just because of his accomplishments mm, to some see, degree. I'm, I, I'm not going to totally buy that because he had a he had a very good pedigree in New Orleans both times before he got the offensive coordinator job. It's not like he j- jumped from one coordinator job right to another because he had that break where he had to go back to New Orleans, similar to kind of how coaches go back to New England after things go poorly, and then he got the second shot. I don't imagine he's going to get a third shot. A, third, does, a third trip if to if the he old do, if, he does, yeah. if he does, somebody's made a terrible, horrible mistake. Like Because it's just been proven that 
Joe Lombardi's not going to work as an offensive coordinator, especially if you want to have any semblance of a run game. And that's yeah. just not something well, that happens. Uh, you know, the Chargers, number one, were on national TV a lot this year. Number two, you know, the I'm in Cleveland, you know, with the Browns. And so they play a lot of four o'clock Eastern games. So I feel like I saw the Chargers play like 14 of their 17 regular season games this year. And I, I would challenge anybody who thinks that their offensive coordinator is the one that should really take the fall for the way their season went. They just were a poor team in execution at the end of a yeah. lot of close games. And I'm going to pin that back on their head coach. And I don't think Brandon Staley's going to make it in the long run. And I think 31 owners would have fired their head coach after what happened on Saturday night. And Staley's mm-hmm. really lucky that he is with you know, the Spanos family, because I think, you know, I could count a lot of other teams that would have made a change. And you know who's rooting for this? You know, this is good news for Brandon Staley, but it's also really good news for the Broncos, the Chiefs, Patrick (laughs) Mahomes, the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, all those parties. I guarantee you love the fact that the Chargers didn't make wholesale changes. No, I, I would agree with you there. By the way, if we're talking about coaches that maybe didn't deserve it, like Shane Day, their quarterback coach, he's the guy to me that I'm like, eh, maybe that shouldn't have happened. Justin Herbert completed 68.2% of his passes this year. That's a career high. He threw for 25 passes. That was low, but again, some of that has to do with coordination, coordination of offenses. He only threw 10 interceptions, and this is with Mike Williams out for a good portion of the year. Right. That's, and, that's with but, Keenan but Allen by the way, that's for a good the other portion of the, of the story. Like, they, just, it's just Randall real quick. Stanley just makes bad mistakes. Yeah, so why was Mike Williams playing in Week 18? Okay, well, was that Joe know. Lombardi's decision or was that Brandon Staley? That was Brandon Staley's decision. And yes, I'm with you. I'm surprised, Brandon, and I'm with Dan Graziano who joined us earlier. I'm surprised that Brandon Staley still has a job today. But hey, he does, and that's the decision they made, and we can't really do much well. about that. Coming up next, get ready for a really annoying offseason. I'm going to explain why. That's next. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.